Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror. A Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I am Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hello. Hello. Hola. Buenas, buenas tardes, buenos días, buenos días, tardes, noches. Buenas. De todo. Uh, <laughs> how's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm, um, what's the word? Trepidatious is that a word? Sure, uh, uh, there, there, little... there is some trepidation here as we approach this film. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this movie with you today. I guess we're just fucking jumping in today, but I am excited I, to talk I... about this movie. Yes, please. Before we start talking about this movie, yeah, I'm not I... ready yet. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> please change the subject before we get into it. <laughs> I want to very quickly say, I just, mm -hmm. I've been going. Going back and forth, I don't know if it, listeners, dear listeners, please know, nerd central over here, and by over here I mean me, uh, and by nerd I'm going to get specific, I'm currently playing God of War Ragnarok, uh, which just came out, oh. and uh, it's tough, I'm playing it on the regular uh, level, because it gives you options like... You can be a baby and play it just like this with zero like fighting. Or... Hard, medium, easy kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. But non, like... non video gamer over here, everybody. Sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> and uh and it's been it's been very intense and I get very frustrated when I like you get bosses pretty often. Like a new section will oh. come around and there'll be some sort of like monster you have to like really fight to to win. Anyways. I had one that really got my Piss boiling. I was like, oh! gran puta no se fucking muere. I was so mad. Uh -huh. So I had to like take breaks and be like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to throw this controller at my wall if I don't pump it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I was like, another form of nerd, uh, truly Torian and probably not just nerd, probably depression vibes. Uh, okay. yeah. I uh, I choose to watch things that are comfort shows, which means I've seen them a thousand times before. Sure. And I made an active choice to not do that. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna watch something that in betwixt my fits of rage, so that I yes. can like calm down. Chill. Let me yeah. get my brain in a different space. So I started watching. Los Espookies. <gasps> yes. Have you seen Los Espookies? I have not. Pero when I'm telling you, everybody's like, why haven't you seen Los Espookies? Same. Y yo uh -huh. empecé. And let me tell you, a what delight. a charming, lovely, hilarious, weird fucking show it is. It's four friends that basically run a horror uh They're just a horror group. And so uh -huh. every episode they get hired by random people to like make up something fun and spooky for a weird reason. So the first episode Can this be my job? What I the know. Fuck? I know. <laughs> so like for example, uh the most recent episode was it's this scientist lady and she's like, "Listen, I've been working on UFOs and aliens for a really long time and the company that I'm working for is coming to see my research and here's the thing, I don't have anything. I have nothing to show to prove 
that my alien research is working. So I need you to get dressed up in alien spooky clothes and they're sure. going to come in and they're going to take pictures and blah, blah, blah. So each episode is a different thing. Like there's one where the town pays them to basically create a fake uh, sea monster to attract tourists cool. to their town and that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Oh my God, give me this job. Give me this job. But they're like, each one of them is a different form of weird. And like, there's Mexicans and then there's also Puerto Ricanos. There's also uh, Salvadoreños. There's like Latinos from all Uh over. And it's mostly in Spanish and like subtitles in English. But when they speak English, it's subtitles in Spanish. And it's just, it's really quirky and like, The sense of humor is right up my alley, like very weird, but also like really easy, simple humor. And the Uh stuff that they do, like the horror-y stuff they build, is actually really fun and creative. I don't know. I'm having a really good time in between Ragnarok. (laughs) Uh The stress of Ragnarok. I've been meaning to check this out. Two things. HBO Max. Oh fuck! Holy yeah. shit! It's right, right. there. Got your holy fingertips, shit. everybody. Right there. <laughs> F- perfect. And also, I'm going to ask a question that I probably will re- will regret asking. But as like, listen, I'm a nerd, but I'm not like a video game nerd. Uh huh. Is God of War? <laughs> <laughs> you said Ragnarok, and the yes. first thing I think is Thor. Uh-huh. Ragnarok. Is this yeah. the same connected? Not like Marvel Thor, but definitely. Oh, that's okay, because that's where my brain was like. Marvel? Yeah, yeah. Am but <laughs> Norse mythology. Ah, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. One last question about <laughs> Los Espookies. Uh-huh, Just to uh-huh. take it back to Los Espookies. Do they have a cannibalism storyline in oh, that show? Uh, <laughs> as of yet, no. But Great. you never know. Well, Great I thought I'd just use that <laughs> as a segue yeah. into what we're talking about. So first of all, Los Espookies, cannibalism. Why not give it a try? And let's give talk it. about <laughs> the movie that I picked this week. Yes. So uh, it was one that was on the list that I was like, I kept, like, I'm talking back in 2020 when we started this baby. I was like. I always had my eye on it, but I was like, am I ready? Are we ready? You've never seen this? Oh, I had. Oh, I, I had. see. Okay. Yes, back when it came out. Okay, so the movie I hesitantly picked for this week is Eli Roth's The Green Inferno, mm-hmm. which is a film from the United States of America. It came out in 2013, pero it was filmed in mostly in Peru, and in Chile. And a lot of the cast is Latino, which I was very yes. surprised at. Yes. Our lead actress, Lorena Chilena. Iso, is Chilena. So, you know, uh, lots of representation here. I get it. Eli Roth is a gringo, pero this, you know, this definitely falls under our, our criteria, Absolutely. criteria here. So, The Green Inferno was written by Eli Roth and Guillermo Amoedo, which I believe we will get into in Mm -hmm. trivia, fab, and directed by Eli Roth. But before we get into this bloodbath, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review, or Eileen and I will cannibalize you. Oh, my. (laughs) Listen, he's including me in this, but I don't know if I'm going to be down for that, but okay. (laughs) I always include you in it. Thank you. She'll be down. Uh, and let's get into some titulos de terror. Okay. 
so first of all, um, this movie, because the English, the, the title is in English, I found the title in Spanish and Portuguese. In Spanish, it was Caníbales. Oh, Caníbales. The accent is on the I. Oh. Caníbales. Which I also was like, Caníbales. Caníbales? Maybe we've I always say, been saying it wrong. I would say Caníbales, pero I, the accent was, was on the I. Now, this is from a IMDb, so puede ser that there's a typo. People, let us but, know. You let us know, pero according to IMDb in Spanish, it's the Green Inferno is Caníbales, and okay. in Portuguese, Caníbais. Mm-hmm. But the movie I picked, oh, uh-huh. which rather obvious, was Cannibal Holocaust. Duh. Mm. Which we will also probably cover at some point, <laughs> 10 years from now. Yeah, we keep <laughs> talking about we're still about doing it. this podcast. <laughs> um, so in Spanish, Cannibal Holocaust was called En el infierno caníbal. Again, the accent Maybe on the it I. is. Maybe, Maybe it is, we're yeah. idiots. I mean, it's very likely we are. It's possible, everybody. <laughs> Pero it was also known as caníbal holocausto. Okay? Sure. And in Portuguese, holocausto caníbal. Cool. Great. Yeah. Very simple, to the point. All right, let's get a synopsis from you, and then nos vamos. This is from IMDb. Thank you, IMDb. You are a internet site. A group of student <laughs> activists travel to the Amazon to save the rainforest and soon discover that they are not alone and that no good deed goes unpunished. I've never understood that phrase. No good deed goes unpunished? What does wicked. That I don't mean? know. It just makes me Oh, is that from Wicked? wicked? Uh, no, I don't think it's originally from that, oh. but I'm pretty sure it, that's what it that's what it makes me think of. Um, no good deed goes unpunished. Like I'm doing a good deed and so I'm, I'm going to be punished. Good. Yeah, I guess so. Like with even with the good comes the bad. I don't know. Don't fucking okay. ask us over here. <laughs> Tell us on Twitter. Yeah. Or I guess not on Twitter anymore if you don't. Oh boy, there, guys, or... <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck is it. going on? What a when this shit comes show. out, it might Twitter might not be there anymore. We'll I'm see. hoping that when this comes out, uh, I, I was going to say Eli Roth. Uh, ¿cómo se llama? El Elon, <laughs> Elon Musk, Musk. doesn't. <laughs> what if Eli Roth owns Twitter? Oh my God, hilarious. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's hope whenever this episode comes out, Elon Musk is out of there. Anyway, <laughs> let's fucking get into this movie. Are you ready to dive into The Green Inferno? Absolutely. Let's burn in this inferno. All right. Sharpen Disco your teeth, inferno. everybody. <laughs> oh, yep, yep. That's going to be stuck in my head all day. Okay. Here we go, everybody. We open in the Peruvian Amazon. We see a man and a child from the Yajes tribe walk through the jungle. This is a made-up tribe, by the way. The Yajes people do not exist. They are painted red with, like, you know, black stripes painted. And they hear a nearby noise. And they see bulldozers and men in gas company uniforms tearing through the jungle. And then we cut away to our credits over this beautiful, sprawling jungle. Miles on end. It's gorgeous. We get our title card, The Green Inferno. Now we're in New York City. A young college freshman, Justine, this is Lorena Iso, Mm -hmm. she is awoken by a protest outside her dorm room window. And she hears them chanting like, what do we want? Health insurance. Health insurance. When do we want it? Now. (laughs) So she takes a peek out her window onto what I'll call like the dorm quad. Sure. Whatever. 
And she notices, like, she sees this whole group of protesters, activists chanting, and she notices that the group is being like led by this really handsome guy. Ooh, who could it be? <laughs> now, is this meant to be Juilliard? <laughs> I believe it's Columbia. Is it? <laughs> is it? Uh, the only reason I ask. Because she's this, a flautist? N- well, because she's a flautist, A. B. A flautist. A flautist. Yes. But also, B, they like, in a little bit, they're, they go to Zabar's, which is pretty close to Lincoln Center and where Juilliard ah, is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I was like, maybe it's Juilliard. Well, who knows? Because Columbia's way up for them to be coming yeah. down to Zabar's. You know, Not to be super New Yorky about it, but listen, our girl lives in New York. Everybody, she's a I New know York the gal. facts. <laughs> yeah, she, I think you've been over there ten years now. You are like officially a New Yorker. Twelve so, years now. Oof! Goddamn, time flies. Um, yeah. I don't know where they go to school. Juilliard would be a delight. <laughs> I'm gonna but... say it's Juilliard. Sure, I love it. Let's say they fucking go to Juilliard. I read somewhere that it was Columbia, pero. I th- I, for this episode, Juilliard, it's everybody. Juilliard, fuckers. We're here <laughs> pursuing our Arts. acting degrees. All right. Here's uh, fucking oh, Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain, <laughs> all these motherfuckers that went to Juilliard. Those are the only two I know that went to Juilliard. Side note, side note, I need to say this. I auditioned for Juilliard, and they like usually they only require two monologues. They made me do four, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going in. They asked me for four <laughs> monologues. Four? <laughs> They didn't fucking accept me, everybody. How dare you, Juilliard? We're <laughs> writing you an angry letter. Later on, Justine and her roommate, Sky, Sky Ferreira. Ferreira. <laughs> Everything's Sky Ferreira. embarrassing. Great song. Great song. Blood Orange. Graffiti. Come on. That's a, a jam. Also, she does a cover of a song called Animals or something. She, I, I'm a fan. Her, oh, she, her, her music is great, but this acting performance is, is not good. Bad. <laughs> it's not very good, everybody. Anyway, Sky, <laughs> take your time. I love it that artists take their time, but would love to hear your next More album. More music, please. Yeah, yeah. So, Sky Ferreira's name in this movie is Casey, pero forget that. Her name is Sky Ferreira, everybody. <laughs> So Justine and Sky Ferreira are like walking around New York City, Zaybars. They were just at Zaybars. Yeah. And um, they're having a chat. And we establish here that Justine is like kind of wanting to join the protesters. Like she's kind of feeling that vibe. Pero la Sky Ferreira is like, that is stupidity. Like we're three minutes into this movie. Sky Ferreira drops the R word. Yep. And then they there's like a whole hunger strike thing that these uh, protesters are going after. And these two, Justine and Sky Ferreira, like or Sky Ferreira specifically is like women only do that to stay thin. And so they can so they can keep being anorexic. And I was like, this is a lot. A lot. But then, like, she says... For the first three to five. Oh, you want to join this protest? Oh, it's either for one reason, or you secretly want to starve yourself. And then Justine is like, duh, what girl wouldn't? And I I, literally, Jonathan, I pressed pause at that moment, and I stood up and walked out of the room. Yeah. (laughs) It's like... It's that weird turning point. Like, okay, this came out in 2013. I believed it was filmed, you know, a couple years prior. But it's that, like, weird turning point 
before it was just like, hey, maybe we shouldn't fucking say shit like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know? So watching it now, you're just like, ooh, and oh, here's, man. Here's something in this in this moment, we often have to like re-listen to our episodes, right? And I'm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm trying really hard to do two things. Uh, yes. one is curse a lot less. Not in. <laughs> I do the same thing. I do the same thing. Not in that <laughs> I don't. I love to curse. I just think mm-hmm. sometimes I may. Uh, we get excited. I get excited, and I love to just put it in between words. I'm like, you don't need it in between every word. Like, and fuck this, fuck shit, ass, fuck. It's like, Eileen, calm down. So one, that. <laughs> Two. Oh, my God. I am, there is so much, I, you know, the podcast is semi-reviewing, semi-judging. It's that kind of vibe, right? So I can, I hear myself sometimes and I'm like, oh, you're such a dick, dude. So when this happened, I was like, okay, put yourself in the time frame. You still are allowed to get frustrated and angry and pissed off about stuff, but also just like... The the quickness of my judgment, I would like to slow it down a bit. That's what mm-hmm. I would like. You know what I mean? Okay. I so absolutely this hear that. Movie, and... I'm going to try and do that, even though it's going to be virtually impossible. <laughs> I, yes, connect with that 100% wholeheartedly. And also, a, this is a good reminder for me that, like, I used to say fucking shitty shit back in the day the both of us in high school yeah we were terrible terrible and so you know it's like we grow we learn we do better so at least we can like observe this movie and be like damn this is this is but uh, another thing which i think this goes along with your idea of like not i'm gonna kind of like frame it in like not being judgmental which i do too you know Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, maybe Eli Roth is doing this purposefully to make these characters unlikable. I'm not right. sure that's the purpose, but I was like, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Because right off the bat, I don't like you. I don't like you. And honestly, soon after, like, Sky Ferreira, sure. She's just, a, she's not an important person in this film. No, no. But yeah. Justine, in the beginning, I'm like, you're also not very likable. Yeah. Most of the people in this film aren't very likable. And then, on the flip side is, eventually we'll get to some indigenous stuff that I'm like, and this is portrayed not very great either. So it's just a bunch of contradictory, like, I don't know whose side to take. And Mm. even then, the side that I take is not going to be a good one. Yeah, this is a move. Yes, I agree. Like, your feelings throughout this movie are like, I don't know. I mean, I think it's clear, like, whose quote unquote side we should be on. But I was like, my head is spinning. Yeah. Like, where where is the I see the message, but it's like buried deep <laughs> yeah. in blood and guts, and you're just like, where are we going? Yeah. Anyway, let's continue here. So they have this horrible chat. Yeah. And then we cut to Justine and Sky Ferreira in class. And they're there's a there's a lecture they're in a lecture about FGM, which is female genital mutilation. Mm-hmm. Boof. Okay, mm-hmm. so the teacher says nearly 2 million girls go through this every year. 
Once the quote-unquote procedure is done, the girl is sewn up and her legs are bound for 40 days while the wounds heal, if they heal at all. Which this is... I mean, Unfortunately, is a reality. Yes. And this they is a reality. show pictures that I was like, I don't think we needed to see that. Yeah. And, you know, it's the thing where this made me feel weird. I looked it up and... According to what I saw, there is no health benefit to this whatsoever. It's just it is a very very male driven thing, mm -hmm. you know, to keep women virginal. And it's and so but it I felt weird because like in this class of you know fucking Americans judging these people and I was like I get it. It's awful. But I also was like, I don't know. It just made me feel weird. I was like, don't fucking judge them at the same time. It's, I, it, it it's, was, it's very, a weird feeling. It's very tough because you're like, immediately you're like, that's wrong. A. Yes. Mm -hmm. But also you're like, is this their culture? Is this their tradition? That doesn't mean it's good. That doesn't mean it's correct. That doesn't mean any of that stuff. But. It is this like, oof! It's a tough position to be put yes. in as a as a viewer because obviously Justine gets very upset about it and she's like, mm -hmm. "Why doesn't anybody do something?" And it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, understandable. I'm not gonna be like, "Yes, way to go, female genital mutilation!" Like, absolutely right. not. No, of course not. It feels, it, it, yeah, it's it feels. For lack of a better term, colonizer. I was about you know? to say colonial of some yeah, form. where it's where it's like um, we're gonna butt in here and make it our way because mm -hmm. we, you know, like we think you're wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean. Even yeah. though, like, of course, I'm like, please don't do this to people. But also, but it it's is also wrong. At the same time, but like, also, <laughs> yeah, like uh, it's just it's very confusing. Yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, Justine. She like pipes up. She pipes up, and she's like, "Uh, this is insane." And by the way, my father is a lawyer at the UN. Maybe he could get involved somehow. See, that's the sentence that makes me uncomfortable. That's sure. the the my daddy is somebody. Yes, my I'm rich, and my daddy will do something about it. Where you're yeah. like, yeah. First of all, you've just learned about this. You barely have done any research. And immediately you're like, well, I'm going to tell my dad. And it's like, mm -hmm. ugh, dude. Just like that she that she feels she has. Entitlement. Authority. Yes, uh -huh. To be like, listen, everybody, you know, and you're like. Yeah. But still at the same time, you're like. Yeah, but you're like, I but feel you, you because, yes, yeah, this yeah. is terrible. Uh-huh. Eileen and Johnny are very confused. <laughs> Just fluctuating so, through emotions, sweating, man. Sweating oh so much. Oh, my God. So when Justine says this, like, my daddy works at the UN, <laughs> a dude, like, sitting nearby, kind of behind her, perks up. And we're like, oh, that was one of the protester guys outside of Justine's window earlier. Mm -hmm. Okay. So once class is over, this guy comes up to Justine. This is Jonah. And he gives her a flyer for his group ACT, Activist Change Team. 
great title, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and he invites her to the next act meeting. Jonah walks away. Sky Ferrero walks up and says, activism is so fucking gay. And she and Justine Dude. run off giggling. Fuck, everybody. We're 10 minutes in. Uh, 10 minutes. And this is 2013. I mean, I, I'm i pretty sure those commercials were like Hillary Duff is like, would you say gay? Like, the, uh-huh. like remember those commercials? This is commercials? the same era? Yeah. I think yeah. that may have already been out for a while, dude. And you're going to be like, I don't know. this. That's so fucking gay. Which, again, was like, Eli Roth, are you trying to make me not like these people? Because it's working. So- they run off giggling, and we cut to lunch with Justine's UN lawyer dad. Handsome. Ooh, very handsome. You've seen, I don't remember the actor's name, but he's been, you've seen he's him in been everything. In everything. Yeah. Desperate Housewives, de todo, de todo. Yeah. So Justine is telling him, hey, do something about FGM. And he's like, well, we can't go invade a country just because they're doing something we think is illegal or immoral anymore which i was like "Ooh, oh okay dad i mean it's true you know bombs yeah but then he says to justine where's your necklace hmm and she's like oh it's in my dorm room don't worry about it and her dad says you know your mother used to love it that you played and justine's like well you know what i'm not gonna be a flautist so i just bring this up because there's more on the flute and the connection with the necklace later on. So just know everybody, Justine was going to be a flautist, not happening anymore. She's got a necklace. More she on this later. She changed her major in Juilliard is what yeah, happened. Yeah, she's, yeah, right. <laughs> According to Eileen, she is now an actress. <laughs> and by she's the like, way, I, I would like hilarious. to play the fucking clarinet now. Uh-huh, you were Absolutely. saying Absolutely. Um, so the whole scene is just focused on Justine and her dad. Pero then... Sky Ferreira pipes in and she's like, Are uh, you going to eat that cheese, Brad? Are you going to eat your cheese, Brad? And I was like, Oh, you're here too. Cool it's girl. so hey. funny because it's like back and forth, a single shots of dad and yeah. daughter. And then we get a fucking full shot of them. And there's just Sky Fier- Ferreira being like, Hey. <laughs> it was very <laughs> totally. funny. Totally. <laughs> it was funny. Okay, so that night, Justine decides to go to the ACT meeting, and we finally meet Alejandro, who is that handsome protest activist group leader. And to the group, he says, have you ever had fantasies of saving a dying tribe? Which I was like, what? Fantasies? Okay. Fantasies. Yeah, weird. That word made me feel so weird. But it felt like it, it felt specific to the script where it was like, this isn't about this so and so called dying tribe you're talking about. This is about your you. fantasies and it's you. It's about you. Yeah. This is about making you feel better. And like, this isn't about the work you do. It's about no. you. Right? That's yeah. what it made me think. Absolutely. So Alejandro continues. In two weeks, an untouched jungle in the Peruvian Amazon will be destroyed forever, and so will the natives inside it. This is the word that they use in this movie, natives, so that's why it's in here. He says, companies want the natural gas in the ground under the villages, so they GPS the location and then bulldoze the homes and kill the natives. So Justine, who is there, pipes up. 
And she says, so what's the plan? March to the jungle and starve yourself? Which she's like basically giving this group shit because, you know, they, That's they what protest they were doing. by doing... Yeah, they're fucking hunger strikes. And Alejandro gets super upset. He tells Justine to leave, so she does. Only a freshman would speak with such insolence. I was Excuse like... Excuse me? Ew. Insolence? Don't say insolence at me. Exactly. I was like, who the fuck do you think you are? Fucking Louis the 16th? Get the fuck out of here. For real. Uh, Insolence. (laughs) I banish thee. (laughs) So uh, fucking Justine is banished. Um, And we see her later on in bed and she's upset. She can't sleep. And from her little nightside table drawer, she pulls out a necklace. It is a little silver flute. Okay? Okay. Remember that for later, everybody. The next day, Justine finds Alejandro. She apologizes and he asks her, what's the issue that gets you fired up the most? And she says, women's rights in Africa. And he responds, but how can a white girl from the suburbs tell a village in Africa that FGM is wrong? Which I was like, yeah, how? Well, why? How? Why? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Johnny says. And so Alejandro continues, I'll tell you. You organize a group to go there. You get media attention. You get cameras on them. And you shame them. Uh-huh. Whoa. Okay. All right. So it's later on. And Justine joins Alejandro's next ACT meeting. So Alejandro's activist group is planning to fly to Peru to try and stop the natural gas companies that are bulldozing their way toward the Yajes village. The gas company is a private corporation that hires ex-military to protect them and to kill the natives. Once they get to the site... Alejandro has a contact who will hack them into the company's satellite so they can use their cell phones to film and stream everything they see. So, cut to Justine packing for this trip. She's like, I'm down. Let's fucking go. See ya. Let's go. And by the way, she makes sure to grab her little flute necklace. She hugs Sky Ferrer goodbye, calls her 100% whore. Don't ask everybody, but she does. Oh, boy. Uh, Justine hops into a cab and off she goes. And next thing we know, Justine and her group, which is like, it's a big group. There's like 10 plus more people in this group. They land in Peru. They meet up with Alejandro's contact, Carlos, who has chartered a small plane for the group. They all load into the plane and they fly to a town where they all hop into these like little moto bike things. Can Uh, I tell you their names? Please. Please. So they're they're basically like the guy Jonah, who is the guy who basically brought in yes. uh, Justine to mm-hmm. into the group. He's the one that perks up in class when she's like, uh, "My dad's a UN, UN lawyer." Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, "It's like if a motorcycle and a rickshaw, oh, a rickshaw had a yeah. baby." Yeah, like yeah, yeah, those yeah. you've seen them before, little mm-hmm. like motitos with a back. Mm-hmm. So we have Madonna. With claro. one N. <laughs> one N. One N. Madonna yeah. with one N. Brad Pitt. Yeah. Tom Cruise. Rocky Four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best one. Yeah. And and then there was an a, another one I couldn't read. And then I had another shot of, of them like going through that I got to see. And the last one I saw was 
MacGyver. <laughs> oh my God, MacGyver. MacGyver. My, what I loved here, I mean, of course, Malona, pero I love that the Brad Pitt one, Brad Pitt had like, uy, que horror letters, like bleeding letters. <laughs> yeah, bleeding letters. I loved letters. that. Uh, so, okay. So they all load into these little like moto rickshaw things and we meet Lars who spy is, kids. I called it, spy kids. I called him spy kids throughout the entire also, fucking episode. Spy kids. Megan uh-huh. Trainer's husband. Yes. So the actor's name is Daryl Sabara or Sabara? Sabara. 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 Yo no sé. Yo no sé. So he's, you know, from Spy, spy kids. kids, which I've never seen. So throughout the episode, his name will be Spy Kids. So he asks <laughs> Carlos, hey, dude, can you get me some weed? Carlos is like, yes, of course. I got the hookup. And Spy Kids says, Bellissimo. Bellissimo. <laughs> Where do you think we fucking are, Spy Kids? <sighs> dude, Spy Kids. Where are we? <laughs> no puedo. And then a fucking jam starts to play. Corre, 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 corazón. I mean, I was like, whoa, I'm feeling yeah. this jam. This lady is singing. Yeah. And we get these gorgeous shots of uh Love these shots. Oh Beautiful. They're, you know, driving through beautiful Peru. It brought back really lovely memories. Not that I've spent time in Peru, but it reminded me of Bolivia, Bolivia. Nicaragua, too. Yeah. Like towns in totally. I, I was like, oh, this is really, really, really beautiful. So they moto rickshaw their way through the mountains of Peru and they arrive in another town where they sit down for a Can meal. Can I just quickly say something before we go to this meal scene? Please. I love that you and I are like Oh, reminded me of Nicaragua, whatever. There's a part where they get to their like hostel place, mm-hmm. their hotel, and one of the gals sees a man, a woman, and a baby it's on a motorcycle. Right now, that's when this happens. This is right yeah. this at this mm-hmm. moment. And she's like, that's fucking child abuse. And listen. It's the same it, thing. It's it's that same feeling of yeah. like when I lived in Nicaragua, there was, I would guarantee every single time you'd be on the road driving, there would be some sort of precarious situation going on. Have any old time. It's either three to four people on a single motorcycle, incredibly dangerous, so much like uh, no helmet action situation, plenty of babies riding in between parents, obviously not safe or dangerous. Mm -hmm. But this fucking stupid bitch saying that made me so incredibly mad. I agree. Don't come here and tell me what to do. Don't come here and be like, child abuse. Excuse me. You are a guest here. This is not This is not yeah. your home. Is I, my ugh. carrying a baby on a motorcycle bad? Yes. Absolutely. But I choose my choice. <laughs> I know. And don't fucking tell me what to do. Yeah. Man. Uh, agreed. I also was like, I don't like that girl. I don't, I like, don't like that girl at all. Don't Don't say that. Please don't. So uh, they sit down for a meal, and uh, Carlos has scored some weed for Spy Kids. And he gives it to him free of charge, which I was like, oh, it's very generous. And we also meet, well, we met her before, but Cara, who is Alejandro's very possessive girlfriend, hands out shirts for the group. 
And one of the group leaders, Daniel, asks the whole crew for their phone so he can set up the streaming app that they're going to use later. And Alejandro here explains to the group, tomorrow, don't stop streaming. Those cameras are our only defense. And the group starts to freak out. They're like, defense? Wait, 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 wait. Do they have guns? Could they shoot us? And I was just like, duh. This is one of several moments where I was like, you guys aren't prepared at all. You, you guys aren't doing. prepared at all. Yeah. Like, Kara says, what did? You, what about the word militia? Don't you understand? And it's like, okay, sure. Like hearing, they should have known better about like guns and stuff. You're the one that's coming up in here. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yes, it's both sides. We're like, Kara is like, what? What part? What? What out of militia didn't you understand? But it's like. Well, this was probably information that you as a group leader should have divulged to the group, but also the group is at fault too, who are just like, yeah, let's go by not asking the questions and not being prepared. You are all unprepared. You know what you know what you could do? Situation. Oh, uh -huh. absolutely. But yeah. you know what you got to do? You got to It's 2013, motherfuckers. Google is here. You can Hello. get on that Googs. And even if it's not Google, go on Yahoo. Go on Ask Jeeves and Seriously. type in Must have been Situation in Peru. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. But I think like what's established here is like this group is fully unprepared. For oh, this they situation. don't know their Which ass I think, from their elbow. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think is what Eli Roth was going for. Totally. So. Stupid gringos coming in, trying to be good without knowing what they're doing when they go yeah. into their this foreign space that is this not is what, for them. With, exactly. This is what fucking no good deed goes unpunished is about. Totally. You know? So... Yeah. You know, the group is like, wait a minute, they have guns, they could shoot us. Ugh. And then in the most, what I'll call like threatening way possible, Alejandro says, no one forced you to join us. You want to back out? Go ahead. But of course, nobody's going to fucking back out at this point. So they're all like, no, 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 we're, we're good. We're good. We're, we're fine. This is okay. where I wrote, everyone seems to suck. <laughs> Like, I don't trust Alejandro, but these gringos seem like fucking idiots. So it's yes. this, again, like double-edged sword of like, this group of fucking morons. Pero este hijo de la gran puta, yo no le creo nada que le sale de la boca. Claro que no. Absolutely. That's an interesting thing, too, in this movie is that Alejandro is Latino. And he's a villain oh, in this very film. Very much so a villain. There are several villains in this film, which is why it's hard to like place like, ¿Qué está pasando? Where do I put my feelings in this movie? Sí, you know what I mean? Correcto. Mm -hmm. um, but I think making him, making Alejandro the villain was like a, an interesting way, I will say, of showing like the insidiousness of like corporate greed and uh, the need for attention. Like it's yeah. not, it's not just an America or like a, a United States of America thing. It's um, everywhere. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I thought that was an interesting choice. So it's time to get down to business, everybody. <laughs> Our team hops back into their moto rickshaws and they uh, drive down to this busy like river port area in this really like weird, hectic, 
rushed sequence that I was like, why are we so stressed right now? This is so I know. crazy. Mm-hmm. And they they load into two riverboats and they're off. I just have to mention two things here. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly. I know at, at least one of them. <laughs> at this, you know, at the river shore where they're getting into the boats, the, the there are people there from the village speaking Quechua. And some of the some of these like white girls are like, what are they saying? What are they saying? And I don't know who is like, they're speaking Quechua. They're speaking Quechua. And one of the girls is like, Quechua? What's that? What's that? Y la cara dice, she's a singer. She's a singer. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Which I was like, ha. Oh, my God. Ha-ha. And in that same breath, you're going to go do something. Like, you're going to put your, like, Guns aside, you're putting yourself in the middle of the Amazon with working people who are working with bulldozers and doing all kinds of stuff. You're going to this country whose second major language is Quechua. Y no vas a saber nada, ni tener un librito que te dice English to Quechua. Like, these, the unpre- I think my biggest pet peeve here is... I love to be prepared. Yes. And seeing this like willy-nilly motherfucker and like shit that they're doing makes me want to rip out my eyeballs. ¿A dónde está la organización? Yes. I mean, there are some like it's all been worked out like behind the scenes, pero the act like the non-leaders, like the activists of this group, including Justine, who literally it seems like within the span of a day. Two days was like I'm gonna do I'm gonna go with them like let's go so it does all seem just like fuck it let's go very fuck it vibes yeah so they load onto these boats and they're going down the river we do get this what I find really dark but hilarious shot of Alejandro at like I don't know what the front of the boat is called the the bow I don't know dude but he's like standing there. Like oh, fucking Christopher Columbus. He is fucking. Eh, ¿Cuál es el que fue a, en en Perú? There's the there's one that went into the Americas. Um, he is standing up there like a conquistador motherfucker. Fully. Pizarro is the one from Peru. Ahí está. Mm-hmm. Ese fue la gran puta. Yeah, he is, and I mean, this was on purpose. He looks like a full like. I am here. And I am yeah. ready to colonize your land, everybody. Yes, absolutely. Let's go. So on their way down the river, deeper into the jungle. It's very beautiful, kids. these shots oh my of God. the river. and The, it's the greenery is in, I mean, one thing I'll give this film. The title is absolutely fitting. Very green. Because yeah. incredibly green. Beautiful Amazon shots. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So uh, as they're making their way down the river, Spy Kids and Justine have to pee, so they stop on a riverbank, and we get this weird, weird fucking weird. sequence where Spy Kids, like, he's peeing, and we see his upper dick. It's just yeah, like, it's just like a, a weird corner of his dick. Of the upper <laughs> dick. And, like, listen, I know usually never complain when there's, you know, full frontal male uh, nudity, but I was just no, like, give this us more. sequence is fucking weird. Very like, weird. Like, I'm looking at your pubes. Anyway, a tarantula starts to climb up, apparently se- seemingly wanting to, like, chomp on his dick. Whatever. It doesn't matter, but I thought I should just mention it because I was just like, why is this here? This is so fucking yeah, weird. Yeah, definitely should have been cut. 
I agree. Deleted scenes. Put it on the put it on the yeah. the, 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 the DVD ray. or whatever. The Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they get back into the boat. They're further down the river, and a while later they see a black jaguar sitting on a riverbank. And Carlos explains that the Yajes think the black jaguar is the guardian of nature, but they also think that it carries sinners into hell. And there's another uh, young woman here. Her name is Samantha, who has a bunch of tattoos. And she's like, oh, my God, that's my next tattoo, which is another thing that I was like, I don't like this. So you built enough of a connection with that that you're like, that's that that belongs to me now. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too deep into it. Yeah. OK, so they they finally arrive at camp and everybody is stressed, including me, I will say. This sequence stressed me out. Yeah. It really, really did. This was effective. So they unload onto the river shore. They put on the shirts that Cara gave them, which say hashtag save Amazonia. They put on the gas company hazmat suits and helmets, and they make sure that they have their passports just in case they get arrested. Off they go into the jungle. Finally, they make it to the bulldozing site, and one of the gas company workers at the site secretly gives Carlos like a little signal. That's our guy, says Carlos, so it's time. Cara hands out blank masks, and Ale says to the group, this is not about the individual, this is about the cause. We are now one face, stand up, and make history. And as this gas company bulldozing crew breaks for lunch, our group walks out onto the site where Gara hands them all chains and locks, specifically giving Justine a lock that Gara had in her pocket. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The group begins to chain lock themselves to bulldozers and trees, and they put, and they put their masks on, pero Justine's lock isn't working. So clearly she starts to freak out, but nobody's helping her. They all pull out their cell phones, begin to stream, and bam, a bomb that I guess must have been planted by their contact in the gas company explodes. And then the group chants, this is the Yahes home, leave nature alone. And the ex-military that has been hired by the gas company begins to swarm guns at the ready. They're trying to unlock all the chains to no avail. And then the leader of this ex-military group rushes up to Justine. He grabs her cell phone, throws it to the ground, and he shoots it. And he realizes she isn't locked up. So he grabs her. He pushes her to the ground. He points a gun at her head. And Justine is just like crying and screaming, Alejandro, por favor. Not por favor, but she's like, Alejandro, help me, help me. But fucking Alejandro says, don't stop filming. You'll kill her. So the group just keeps filming and streaming. And Alejandro screams out, this corporation murdering the indigenous tribes of the Peruvian Amazon is about to shoot a girl whose father works at the United Nations. And we get a close up of Justine's face and she, her, she is just like, oh, I'm a pawn in this motherfucker's game. It was all a ruse. Which I must say, I was also like, oh, wow. Didn't see that coming. Okay. Yeah. It's so obvious, but I was like, I didn't see it coming. Gata <laughs> then screams, kill, kill her. her. See what happens. See what happens. And I was like, oh, you actually want them to Oh, do that. yeah, you yeah, do. yeah. You really want she, them to, to shoot her. Wow. She was ready for it. Yes. 
And then the leader ex-military guy with his gun to Justine's head gets a call on his cell phone. He speaks to someone in his cell and then says to the rest of the ex-military, Bajen sus armas, put down your guns. Justine is weeping. And then Ale and Cara smile at each other. Dude. Okay. Wow. Okay. The real military, I think, this is like the real, for real military, arrives. And they take our group back to the riverboats and then all the way back to their small plane that they flew in on. Carlos hands some military guy a wad of cash, which I was like, oh, that seems uh, shady. Well, because they were being arrested, and this was him bribing them not to, and then he gets all those passports back because he's like, give me them. So here's your money. Pretend this doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But also other other stuff. Yeah. A little shady shenanigans here. So. This cash is exchanged for the passports. The group loads back up into the small plane and they take off. And inside the plane, it's all beers and celebration because their mission succeeded. They're all like, oh, my God, we're trending worldwide. CNN CNN retweeted retweeted us. We did it. (laughs) But Justine is pissed. And rightfully so. Yeah, she's like, like, I have been played for a fool. And yeah. uh, and even I had a gun to I my had head. A gun to my head. I came to Peru to have a fucking gun to my head. Jonah, the guy who this whole time has been like kind of head over heels, like fawning yeah. over her. He's again the one that perked up when she said, "My father's a UN lawyer." He yep. leans over and is like, "Hey, we did it!" And she's like. Fuck you, bitch. Like, she yeah. is livid. Because obviously, he's the one that gave that information to Alejandro. Yep. Yep. I mean, without Jonah, she would not have been part of this at Precisely. all. So she is real upset. Yeah. Rightfully so. I get it. And then Alejandro comes up to her and he says, You begged me, he says, this fucker. You this begged me to join. Guy. So I created a role for you. Wow. Anyway, bang, the engine explodes (laughs) and this little plane starts to go down because remember everybody, this is a cannibal movie and we're 45 motherfucking minutes in. I was really surprised. I was like, how much of this activist shit are we going to have to fucking watch before we get to the good stuff? 45 minutes, everybody. 45 (laughs) minutes. So this plane starts to go down. We are fully upside down. This is cool. This is a great shot in the plane. I was like, ooh, this is really scary. I think plane sequences going down have always been particularly like, ooh, I don't like it. But this one in particular, because it's so small, whatever thing they did to like roll these people around, like really Oh, they're flipping. They're flipping. It's scary. It's scary. It's good. It's pretty. It's really good. Yeah. Fucking Jonah is barfing. People are <laughs> screaming. The back of the plane breaks off. People are flying out the back of the plane. It crash lands into the jungle with branches impaling one pilot in the face, like breaking great. off the top of his head. Awesome. Looks the great. other pilot is impaled in the chest. Finally, we come to a stop. So we've got eight survivors, everybody. All right. Justine, Alejandro, Cara, Jonah, Spy Kids, Samantha, Amy, and Daniel. 
There was another guy who's there alive as well, who I literally had never seen before in this film, but he runs into a plane propeller that's still spinning and dies Gets immediately. Gets his head. <laughs> I was uh, like, who the fuck are you? Who, who are you? was that guy? Who knows? Who was that guy? Daniel says, we have to find my GPS. It's built to withstand a crash. I can send a distress signal. So they're looking. They don't find anything. They do find Carlos, who's fully dead, full of fully blood, dead. impaled. Adios. Yeah. Just then, though, they hear a pitter-patter. Footsteps. Hmm. The yajes have arrived. So Kara's like, oh my God, people. She goes toward them and she's like, help us. And swoosh, an arrow pierces through her neck. Dude. Woo! They <laughs> begin to swarm, blow darting everyone. Daniel finally finds the GPS, pero poof, he is blow darted. Immediately he passes out. Alejandro tries to help Kara. <laughs> like, how are you going to have? She's got an arrow through the neck. I wrote, Bahasa Carla. Right. Y- gonna, he's I, like, I'm going to pull it out so you can breathe. Girl, oh, no. Como? You're an idiot. A, if you pull that shit out, she's bleeding to death. Yeah. B, immediately after, she gets a full-on spear through the fucking Two, forehead. Bam. <laughs> crashing through her face. So, Gara is done for. Bye. Alejandro gets blow darted. He's out. Justine makes a run for it. Pero, a blow dart. She's out. Bye. A while later, she wakes up on a canoe being paddled by a man who is painted black with a yellow painted face. And I think he has rib cage bones through his yeah. nose. Yeah. I think they're rib cage bones. So I called him rib cage. <laughs> okay. I called him headhunter because that's sure. what it said in yeah. on IMDb. Ah, but yeah, okay. r- but ribcage is great. I prefer ribcage. Like, yeah, he's got like that, you know, like you know, like It's almost it's, he looks like a warthog. Yes, yes, yeah. it's jewelry, you know. Um so ribcage who's <laughs> he's he's canoeing uh, la yeah. pobre Justine through the river and he seems to be like you said, headhunter, leader, warrior of some Especially sort. Especially because he's all in black and yellow face when everybody is red. Yes, yes. So Justine, you know, she's waking up. She looks around and she sees that all, all her activist friends are all being canoed to the Yahes village where the villagers eager, eagerly await on shore. Like, like you said, they're all red, painted red. Bound at the hands are... <laughs> Our fucking crew is like carried into the village where they're surrounded by the Swarmed. Yajes. And I got to say, like, this is particularly like suffocating and did spike my claustrophobia. I wrote, this is too much. You know how I am with screaming. And it mm. was too well, much screaming. Yes. It's anxiety inducing. Yeah. Because re- they're, they're like kind of like... I'll say clawing like clawing at them, at them. Mm-hmm. like a poor spy kids it seems like he can barely breathe like it is it spikes something in you I will yes, say you know truly. but I also had the same thought where I was like stop screaming because everybody not everybody pero la Amy la Samantha they're like they're like 
just gritos. And I was like, please calm down. Calm down. Yes. But then at the same time, because they're obviously like ushering them into the village from the shore, you know what I mean? Yes. So we have this like sea of red bodies and then these shots of these women screaming. And then we see they're like posts as they go by with these just human skeletons and carcasses and heads heads. on spikes and shit like that. And I'm like, okay, the gringos are annoying. I'm like, stop being so gringo. And then I'm like, but I'm offended by these carcasses. Yeah. And also (laughs) like the portrayal of like savagery is. uh, Yes. It's. it's, And and this is where I was like, I I paused and I was like, okay, Eileen, you need to not be judgmental and it was really tough the just the juxtaposition of the two types of people here was mm-hmm. it was so because obviously <laughs> you don't want to be in a cannibal village like you don't want to yeah. see spikes on heads you don't want yeah. you don't want to be in the position that they're in but you're also like shut up you fucking gringo it's yeah. so tough dude you know this i think this is a good time to just like flesh this out no pun intended but um as a horror fan i'm like yes can't wait to watch these cannibals tear these people to shreds can't totally wait love yes. it i don't like i don't like these fucking gringos anyway for the most part you know yeah, they're yeah, fine yeah. um but on the other hand i'm like but this is not cool like this no. like Man, this is just like, this is so disrespectful. Yeah. And like, you know, for trivia, I read some of the shit that uh, Eli Roth mentioned, like in defense of like basically making like a movie like about cannibal savages. And I was like, okay, sure. We'll get into it a little bit more later. But I was like, yeah, I hear where you're coming from, but still not cool, dude. Yeah. Not cool. And like, this isn't gonna help anything. Like I get, yeah. like I get his message here. Like let's save the rainforest, like the Amazonas, por favor. Yes, let's do that. This is a real problem that is going on in 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 Peru. This deforestation. This you Bolsonaro know, is a huge hello. fucking advocate of destroying the Amazon. Yes, Goodbye, fucker. Thank goodness. Yeah, fuck, fuck you. you. Pero like también, you know, absolute disregard of people who live in this area. Yeah, this is a real thing. So by portraying them as cannibalistic savages, you're not really doing them any fucking favors, dude. Yeah. You know? Anyway, let's continue. So everybody's freaking out. They're walked into the village. The Yahes smash their phones. And in the village, an elder leader woman with one milky eye who I called the matriarch. Ooh, sure. okay. She Love also it. has um yellow, yellow painted face. She comes out and she inspects our group. She's like looking them up and down and she takes a moment to smile at Justine, which I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. What's going I, on I wrote, here? she has been chosen. Yeah, I was like, something. she likes something about Girl, you, Justine. she likes you. So... 
the matriarch announces something to the village and our crew is taken to a pig pen where they are held captive, all except for Jonah. Mm -mm. (laughs) A group of older village women come up to him and they give him something to drink from a small bowl. And then they lay him down on a big rock, which looks surprisingly sacrificial. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of men run up and hold Jonah down onto the rock, and here comes the matriarch who uses this like big claw attached to her hand. Saber to... tooth. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that? Un diente. Eh, o es Algo. un diente o es una claw, pero yo creo yeah. que es un diente. I think yeah. it's a tooth, dude. And it's very, very sharp. This big ass sharp tool claw we thing. have so many shots of women sharpening teeth oh. or bones or whatever it is yes. i'm like they're constantly ready these hoes are yes. like oh you coming at me i got my tooth here <laughs> my sharp ass <laughs> tooth so she takes this claw and gouges out jonah's Ooh. eyeball dude close up yeah. Close up. We and, are in that socket. <laughs> oh, we are in it. Blood is pouring out. Looks pretty cool. You it know? looks I was great. Like, this, looks, this looks good. Yeah. And she fully eats this eyeball. Ooh. And Jonah is squealing. It's Oof. really awful. Like It's I, bad. I, I imagine that Eli Roth was like, I need you to squeal like a pig. Like, Ugh. he is squealing. I and mean, it's... it makes sense. Literally, when they arrive, little kids are carrying little piglets and mm-hmm. stuff like that. As they're, like, crowding these people and whatever, yeah. they shove them in, in a pig pen, pig which pen. is filled with little piggies, too. Yeah, which I was yeah, like, yeah. look at those little piggies. I know, they're I so I was cute. like, please nobody kill a pig. Please, nobody kill a pig. Same. Especially because this is cannibal Holocaust inspired. I was like, please, God, don't. I know. Yeah. And then, so it makes sense that they're like, that here's your human, our first sacrifice, and he sounds like a pig. Oh, it's it's really like, it was, it jangled my nerves, the sound yeah, that yeah, he yeah, made. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jonah's freaking out. He's squealing. And our group is watching, is watching this from the pig pen and clearly freaking out. The matriarch gouges out the other eyeball. She eats it. She slices out Jonah's tongue, which he also eats. He's still alive, by Dude, the way. He's still alive. I just want to say, it would take so much longer for her to chew down that tongue. She was like, chomp, chomp, and then down the gullet. I was like, ma'am, you're going to chew on that a lot more than just fucking one, two. She just like, and swallow. <laughs> and then Ribcage comes up, and he's got this big, like, bone saw hammer tool. I don't know what bone this is but it's big it's fucking sharp and he chops off one by one jonah's arms and legs jonah still it looked like (laughs) you know how when you cut off a wing and you can see like the white part of the bone you can see that i was like you couldn't have said it better because I mean, they're literally, sorry everybody, spoiler alert, they're carving him like un pollo to roast. Un pollo. A fucking roast. (laughs) Turkey time, Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Oh my God. All right. So this poor, I mean, Jonah's still alive. He's being chopped chopped to bits. Finally, la, la, la matriarch comes up. She slices off Jonah's head which she holds up victoriously for her village to see. 
She holds a bowl under Jonah's neck, which is just spouting blood, and she drinks Jonah's blood. And at the head point, cutting was tough. They were up in there, and I was close like, close up. Now I gotta say, like, you're gonna give us a cannibalistic tribe, whatever fucking movie, you're gonna need to deliver, and they did. They did. They absolutely you know? did. The the practical effects were good. Yeah. Something I noticed here, though, is. Jonah is wearing the gas company uniform, and so is everybody else. This town thinks that these are the gas company. I didn't put that together. Okay. Which made me think, had they not been wearing the uniforms, Uh I wonder if the same thing would have happened. I mean... Maybe not. That's hard. That's hard to say, but I I did not even think about. Of course, they're gonna be like, oh, these fuckers have been killing us left and right in the Amazon. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna fucking eat you, my dude. Oh wow, interesting. You know what if? I mean, it makes me think like maybe back in the day, this 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 village was like, yeah, sure, maybe back in the day we had our cannibalistic tendencies. We're 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 away from that now. Pero as soon as their people are, you know attacked by these encroaching gas companies they're like you know what let's fucking eat these fuckers why not because you are know? they eating themselves like are they what is we never get right. like we don't know what are the what are the cannibal rules within this right. village like right. is it just outsiders is this a, like a oh shit we got a snack homie like we gotta go in now we're having yeah. a good time because they have a shit ton of pigs everywhere and so you're like that's probably what they're eating regularly Hay vacas por todos lados. Si, like they've, they've got they've got the 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 food there I, yeah. I almost think that that would be a more interesting idea if it was mm-hmm. like they were driven. They were <laughs> like the village was driven back to its like its roots to be like mm-hmm. you threaten us. Well, we have ways to to consume you because you are consuming us. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. So totally. like, that's that's a more interesting idea. Like even without these fucking activists here. Right. Anyway, different movie. Totally. We'll write it later. so okay jonah is in pieces and we cut to the village women they are salting this body un guanabano en la boca like a fucking pig roast he's got a fucking full-on fruta en la boca yeah, and they are like, and uh, time to marinate. I there's Coarse a lady salt. singing, singing oh, yeah. as she's doing. It. I was like, this is me when I'm making yeah. dinner. <laughs> I literally was like, this is me just like jamming to some tunes as I'm cooking. <laughs> but I mean, they are like, we're gonna make this dude savory. Like he's oh, gonna taste. They are delicious. Bra- they are braising his ass. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so they, you know, they fucking salt this body. They load him up into what looks like a, a clay oven. And... Yes, amazing. Delicious yeah, food delicious. come out of clay. Yes, <laughs> delightful. And they roast him up. And a little while later, Jonah is served to the village. Oof. I can so our... smell my friend Oof. being cooked. That's fucked. That's fucking Spy Kids. It's like, oh, I can I can smell him. That is, I mean, just, I'll, I'll go crazy right now. Like, I've lost my mind. Dude, That's absolutely. So, we're, you know, we're back with our crew, and they're just, like, smelling this. And 
poor Amy. She gets sick and she fucking shits her. She takes a huge ass dump in this this pig pen. But I this mean, y'all, diarrhea moment. Oh my god, I I don't know if I, I as an know. actor if I could do this. Like, then I'm gonna be known as like. The guy who took a huge dump on camera. I don't know, man. And not just a dump, like Like diarrhea. Diarrhea. And she is like, her her little face, she's like. She is holding on for dear life. (laughs) She's holding on to those pig pen bars. (laughs) Oh, man. Pobrecita. And it goes on and on and on. Wow. So poor Amy takes a huge ass dump. That night, Daniel tells the group that their best chance of survival is getting to the GPS before the battery dies. But Alejandro says, actually, no. Our best chance is staying right here. There are more bulldozers on the way. We didn't stop anything with our streamed protest. It was all a PR stunt. Carlos was hired by a competing company to stop the other gas company from reaching the village first. Carlos gets paid. And our organization is now known worldwide. This village never really had a chance because there's too much money in the ground here. The second company is already on their way and will probably be here in three days. Which, okay, that's fucked. That's very, 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 very fucked. I was very confused until this very moment. It finally Mm -hmm. became clear. I was like, okay, now it makes sense. I understand. It's established like earlier on that, you know, Alejandro is a fucking asshole. But here you're like, oh, you're a fucking asshole. A big old asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So the crew, they hear this. And first of all, they're like, well, fuck you. And also, hell no. Three days. No, vamos. Let's get the fuck out of here. So Samantha tries to crawl out of the top of the pig pen, but she is immediately blow darted by a, a villager standing guard nearby. It's the next day, and Justine is awoken by a village kid who seems to be interested in her flute necklace. I call this kid Flute Kid. (laughs) So Justine plays Flute Kid a little flute solo, but is interrupted by Ribcage, who takes the three women, Samantha, Amy, and Justine, to be, quote-unquote, inspected by the matriarch. I was like, what are they going to do? What are you going to do? And gird your loins, everybody. It is not pleasant. No. So Samantha, Amy, and Justine are standing there. They get they they're forcefully undressed, or at least their their you know underwear is taken off. And with her claw hand tool, the matriarch puts the claw inside of them. And uh, when she puts the claw into Justine, she breaks her hymen. Okay, I'm I didn't understand this until just now. Yeah, so I was like, Samantha, what's going on here? Like, I wrote, is she putting it in their vag or are yes. they getting their clit cut off? Because, of course, we've had this female genitalia mutilation right. uh, mm-hmm. that we have had talking about in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what the hell? And now it makes sense. I was like, oh, he, yeah. she cut her because that's the, the blood we well, see. When she pulls the claw out of Samantha and Amy, it's... Clean. Clear. Like, nah. it's, yeah, Pero, there's nothing. I mean, they're in pain. They're like, this is of course. awful. But when she pulls it, yeah, when she pulls it out of La, La Justine, it has blood on it. And so, and the, the, the matriarch literally says something to the village. I don't know what she said. A and virgin. So, yeah, basically like, she's she's the one. 
She's our virgin. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I literally wrote, "Why is Justine special?" Like I know it now. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what it is. Like she fully, oh yeah, you're just right. it's pierced totally her that. hymen, and she's a virgin. So a villager blows what I called pass out powder into Justine's face, Cocaine. and boy, they say it, and she immediately passes out and is taken into a hut. Later on, Samantha has an idea. When she was being, quote-unquote, inspected before by the matriarch, she spotted a canoe on the nearby riverbank, which she wants to make a run for. So our group plays a ringtone on one of their cell phones. They toss it out into the jungle, which the, the villager standing guard nearby, he goes after the phone. Samantha climbs out of the pig pen, and she makes a run for it. And she makes it. All the way to the canoe. She throws herself into it. She turns around. Blackout. Later on, Justine is taken back to the pig pen. And she's like been painted white with red spots. Like it seems very like you are being prepped for a ritual. Ceremonial of some sort. Yeah. And Daniel, when he sees her, he turns to Alejandro and he's like, "Uh, you know what they're going to do to her. And nearby, we see a young girl also painted white with her legs bound. So it seems the matriarch is planning to perform this female genital mutilation on Justine. And Daniel is like, she'll bleed to death or she's going to die of infection. And Alejandro fucking says, more days for us. What a fucking dick. What a fucking dick. And just then... Some village kids, including Flute Kid, bring our group some bowls with food. <laughs> and uh, again, Justine plays her little flute for Flute Kid. Try- she's trying to establish a connection here. Oh, she's like, you know? if this kid loves me, it's the same thing you yeah. got. If you ever get abduct- abducted, you have mm-hmm. to play towards their feelings. Oh, but you, I love you. Yes. You're nice. You're lovely. Yeah, oh, my God. Me. You know How many women that have like escaped these horrible like abduction situations mm. by making the their captor believe? Believe that they're into it. Yes, yes, Oof. yes. Yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. So they begin to eat the food from these little bowls that were. You're going to get diarrhea again, girl. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> this was another thing. So they're like, it's pork scraps. And Amy, Amy's like, but I'm a vegan. <laughs> <laughs> no offense if you're vegan. I just thought it was very, very pointed in this film. Yes. She's like, but I'm vegan. Classic you know? gringo vibes. Exactly. But she's like, fuck it. Even though she's a vegan, she starts to eat this food. And when Amy makes it to the bottom of her bowl, she notices a familiar pattern. It's one of Samantha's tattoos. And then she peers through the pig pen bars into the village and she sees the village kids wearing flaps of Samantha's tattooed skin. So Amy smashes that bowl and slices her throat. I gushing blood. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It went so fast. Yeah. So fast, but also like looked really good. It looked great. It looked great. I mean, it good in like that. I was just like, "Fuck, that yeah. was brutal!" Holy totally. shit! I don't know how they did that. It was very, very well done. So, mm-hmm. la pobre Amy, Bye. adios. So it's later on, and Daniel and Spy Kids shove the weed. Remember the weed, Spy Kids. He still got it. So they <laughs> shove it like deep into Amy's throat, like I think all the way into her stomach with a with a tree with branch. A stick. Yeah. 
So basically, they're like uh, they're planning to get the the town high when they cook Amy. All right. I was like, guys, this isn't are you gonna work. Serious? Do yeah, you know I was how like... many psychedelic mushrooms these people probably eat? They're blowing powder into people's into faces, your making face. them pass out. You yeah. th- they're blowing blow darts at you and passing your asses out. Yeah. You think weed is gonna do something to oh, these This would be a delight for this town. Yeah. Which it is, by the way. So <laughs> before we get to this fucking uh, this weed town party. getting super high. Oh, my God. I could not believe this. So they shove the weed oh, into dude. Amy. They turn around and Alejandro is fully jerking off. And he's like, I need to release stress to think clearly. No puedo. No puedo. What the fuck is going on here on this day? On this day. On this day. This one right here. (laughs) And so Daniel is like, what the fuck is going on here on this day? So he starts In front of kids, too. Everybody's here. Everybody's here. And so Daniel is like choking out Ale. Ale is looking right into Daniel's eyes. He's like, choke me, daddy. Yeah. He, I, he is I, jerking, dude. Going, yep. I could not believe this was. Happening. I was like, I was like, I dislike the guy enough. Like, we don't need this right here. Yeah. We don't need yeah. this. He's plenty so, of an of an asshole. Yeah. We don't need a fucking good. disgusting pervert. Also, yeah, we're good. But then Ribcage comes in and is like, "What the fuck?" He stops them and he sees that Amy is dead. So Ribcage chops her up and into the oven she goes. Later on, after having cooked Amy, the villagers eat her up and they get high as fuck. They're just Giggly. like giggling. Giggle central. The fucking ribcage is like, it's ridiculous, everybody. It's oh my just God. too much. Like playing with a fucking yeah. joint arm like that's been yeah. hanging and like, <laughs> with like flapping it around off. like a fucking cat batting ridiculous. a fucking yarn ball. It was ridiculous. The matriarch is like hanging out with her girl just being like, oh my God, this is the best. I'm having a great time. Oh, <laughs> uh, Amy was delicious. So... Justine, Daniel, and Spy Kids are like, okay, everybody's high. This is our opportunity. Nos vamos. So they start to climb out of the pig pen to make their escape. But Alejandro, this asshole, jabs Spy Kids with a blow dart that I guess he held on to. And Spy Kids passes out. So this basically he's like, got to make sure that they don't they don't eat me first. So he, yeah. he makes sure Spy Kids doesn't run away. Pero Justine and Daniel, they run off anyway. So later on, poor Spy Kids wakes up to find two village men giggling over him. They're still fucking high. And they start to, like, try to chomp on his fingers because they have the munchies. So Spy Kids is like, nope. boy, He makes a run for it. But he is swarmed by this village like zombies. This is like, I wrote, this is this not is a zombies. zombie film. This is exactly what that is like. Like, they descend and they eat him alive. It's pretty brutal, I must it's say. It's brutal, like, you know? but I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. We all know I am very pro-marijuana. Anyways, yeah. stone people don't act like this. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's a movie, and I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. But it infuriates me when people are like... Weed is gonna make you literally transform. Reefer madness. Yeah, reefer madness. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you yeah, guys, yeah. I know when 
I'm high and I have the munchies, sure. Do I descend upon a sandwich like it's the last thing I'm ever going to fucking eat? Yes. Mm -hmm. But it's not to this point. It just made me. And not for nothing, Mm -hmm. but this is a huge, like, village of people. And it was in a one-eighth bag of weed in this person, like, baked into it. Come on. Come on. I also know that's not gonna work like (laughs) again I will say like I know this is a movie but she she's dead right okay correct me if I'm wrong science is not our strongest suit here but science she's not like eating the weed it's not like coursing through her system there's nothing that is digesting it it's just in there. Well, this this isn't going to work, is it? So I think the mentality behind it is like brownies. The smoke? They put weed in her. So yeah. you know how if, when you bake brownies, like the THC it goes throughout the brownies. Yeah. So I think that's what they think they did. That they're, Or that's what we're meant to believe. That it's they're basically right. eating a pot brownie, yeah. but it's a pot it's person. Meat. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I still feel like it's mixed in there enough. I don't know, dude. Whatever. It's a fucking cannibal movie. <laughs> but also, like, yeah, this this is supposed to be funny, I think. You know, like, them just, oh, like, sure. the, descend, like, you literally see a little girl running away with one of his legs. With like, a boot! Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, again, I'm like, this is really offensive. Like, that's yeah. fucking offensive. God damn. But here we are just giggling away. Wow. Okay. So poor Spy Kids has been ripped to shreds. We Rest cut back to, adios, we cut back to Justine and Daniel. I just, I want to mention one little thing here, which I didn't include in my notes, but there's like this whole unnecessary sequence where they try to like escape Swim by the down river. down the Amazon. And yeah, she falls in. And according, like I looked this up and I found this on trivia. I'm just going to include it here. She actually like got swept away by the river. And when she's freaking out in this scene, she's freaking out for real. <laughs> So I was just like, they had a safe word and everything, but they couldn't hear her because the river was so loud. She's drowning because she was like, I can't. You can't hear me because the river is so like burrito, pineapple, taco, like in the Blair Witch Project. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so so that happens. But it's later that night and Justine and Daniel have made it to the wreckage of the plane where they see that the other bodies of their activist group friends that died in the crash have been propped up on spikes this is very uh cannibal holocaust oh interesting so daniel finds the gps but the battery is dead and then they hear a cell phone start to ring nearby and they locate it in gara's pocket she's literally up there on a fucking spike pero the yajes show up and they blow dart them both it's the next morning and justine is tied up in a hut being prepared for the the fgm thing and she can hear Daniel screaming nearby. So outside, we see that Daniel is tied to a pole, having his bo- he's having his bones shattered by oh, ribcage. Oh, he is smashing that yeah. like hammer, bone hammer that he has. All over his cuerpo. All over. Like, those knees are busted, Ooh, the shattered. arms, everything. He is smashing this guy. This is... This is awful. And then the villagers cover Daniel with a green clay. Yeah. And then a bunch of ants swarm onto Daniel, seemingly attracted by this green clay, and they start to chomp on him. So back in the hut, Justine is being smeared with like white paint, and uh, Flute Kid comes in. And little Flute Kid finds Justine's flute necklace. And Justine is like, help me, help me. But Flute Kid is, sh- is shooed away by an old lady. 
I literally was like, she did uh-huh. a good job at being afraid of this because she's like tied hands above her head and the legs are tied gynecological style. Like she's laying down on something, but hands up, arms, I mean, legs spread. And it's, I was just like, oh God, please don't do this. Please don't please. do this. Yeah. I, I will say this actress, like, I mean, the performance in this film Ran the gamut, everybody. Yeah, I didn't waivers. think the lead was was terrible. I thought she. I don't think she so either. Moments. Yeah, I thought she was she was pretty good. She definitely so, got better as in as the movie went along. I feel in the beginning, I was like, eh. and then yeah. later on, I was like, okay, I'm into this. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So yeah. the matriarch comes into the hut and she's ready to perform this FGM on Justine. Like she's got, she doesn't have her claw now. She's got like a little slicer tool horrible yeah and she's about to slice justine when we hear shouting outside so the matriarch goes out goes outside to see what's up and uh, a villager runs into town carrying the decapitated head of a gas company worker which we realize oh that's a gas company worker because he's wearing a helmet yep the village men and women gather their spears and they run off to attack the encroaching gas company people leaving only a few adults and kids behind who like stand guard over Alejandro who's still in the pig pen meanwhile in the hut flute kid comes back in she takes this opportunity to come back in and she slices the ropes binding Justine so Justine can escape pero there's still a woman there holding Justine captive and this woman is about to blow some pass out powder into Justine's face pero la Justine like shoves the powder back in her face kick her in the dick bro she kicks this lady. She rips out her facial jewelry, Ooh. which I was like, don't do that. That's so yeah, disrespectful. Don't... Yeah, I know. That's terrible. But this lady's down for the count. Justine yeah. runs outside and uh, she tries to help Daniel, who's still alive, by the way. He's all bitten up, but he's like, no, Kill me, I'm dude. done for. Yeah, take my phone and please. He's like begging her, kill me. And then Flute Kid comes up to Daniel. <laughs> Very kindly blows that pass-out powder into his face and then slices, slices his throat. I was like, that was nice, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it was nice. Thank you for the pass-out powder. Yes, yes. And, and you know, he wanted to die, so yeah. thank you. <laughs> Ale, nearby in the pig pen, is screaming to Justine for help, but she's like, fuck you. She and Flute Kid run away. Pero another village girl sees this and chases them. Mm. In the jungle, Justine gives Flute Kid the necklace as a thank you, and Justine makes a run for it. And I love Flute Kid. She's like, go, get the fuck, go, go, girl. go, go. She run. says, she goes, Justine, like, says her name. And I was like, oh, honey, that's so nice. You just killed yeah. somebody, but that's cool. I know, cool. <laughs> yeah, but it's so sweet. She's just like, with her hand, go, little, go. Little, go, go, go. So Justine's making a run for it. She makes it to a waterfall, and the black jaguar is there. Mm. But the other village girl who's chasing her rushes up and she's about to blow dart Justine. But when she sees that the jaguar lets Justine pass, she lets her go. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that what happens here? Some uh, Yes. There's another guy there who I didn't mention, but he like he makes the girl lower blow, the blow dart. So I was like, yeah. oh, they they're like the jaguar respects her she can go that's what or i got or it's it's from it's like remember how in the beginning when we see the jaguar and what's her dick is like my next tattoo is yeah. they say 
it's either a welcomer into what was it that it was uh, take sinners to hell takes sinners yeah, yeah, to yeah. hell mm-hmm. or or is the protector of the jungle or whatever yes. and so maybe they were like oh the jaguar's here so I, don't, I think we're fine. I think she's probably going to ah, hell on her own. So just yes. let her do it on her by herself. Interesting. So Justine's running off. She's running. She's running. She's running. And uh, she tries Daniel's phone, pero nada. But now she can hear gunfire. And the yajes are being slaughtered. Legit warfare over here. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Justine, who's still painted white, she like rushes out. She puts her hand up and she's like, American, American, because she's still, you know, pintada. And to the same ex-military man who held a gun to her, to her head before. This was so extra, for lack of a better word. She's like, yeah, camera, internet, filmo, filmo. <laughs> you, camera, internet, you, 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 camera. Remember me, asshole? You're on camera now. United Nations. Whoa. <laughs> That's a lot. Okay. So the ex-military put their guns down and they take Justine away because, you know, she's got a camera on them. Or at least she was like, she was faking it with the cell phone. Pero, whatever. They're like, let's not shoot this lady. They take yeah. her away. A chopper comes to pick Justine up. And when this dude on the chopper is like, is there anybody else left? She's like, nope. It was just me. And Bye. she goes. Bye. So still in the village, Alejandro sees Justine's chopper flying away and he's like screaming for help. Pero bing, he's blow darted. <laughs> We're back in New York City and Justine is telling a group of men, including her father, what happened to her. And she says, all the other students died in the plane crash. If it weren't for the yajes, I'd be dead too. They heard the crash and found me fed me, and guided me out of the jungle. I never experienced any anger or or hostility. I never felt afraid when I was with them until the bulldozers showed up and slaughtered them like cattle. Her dad turns to to her and says, I'm so proud of you. You saved that village. Okay. I didn't see this coming. Uh Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I like that she is like, oh, no, everything was chill. Cool. Pero... This is, uh, I'm not sure that, it just feels white savior to me. Like, that's what I'm, all I can think of saying. It's very white savior-y. Made me feel weird. I mean, I, like, at the same time, I was like, I appreciate it, but I was like, feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, another guy at this meeting turns to Justine, and he's like, the Yajes are known for cannibalism. Did you see anything like that when you were there? And Justine says, never once. Later on in a campus hallway, Alejandro comes running up to Justine and he's like, Justine, I made it. Justine turns to him, bears her sharpened teeth, bites into Alejandro's neck, blood is spurting, and she wakes up. This was a nightmare. This was another snippet, delete it. Why did we need this? Put it on the Blu-ray. Put Put it it on on the the (laughs) Blu-ray. We don't need this. We don't need this. So she wakes up from this nightmare and outside her window, again, she can hear protesters. She peeks out the window and she sees these protesters protesting away and they're wearing shirts with Alejandro's face on them, like Che Guevara. A la Che Guevara. A la mm-hmm. che Guevara. The credits start to roll, but we get a quick post-credits scene. 
we see a satellite map zooming into the Peruvian Amazon and we hear Justine get a call. Justine, the voice says on the phone, my name is Lucia. I'm Alejandro's sister. I found a satellite photo. It looks like my brother. We need to talk. And then the satellite keeps zooming in and we see Alejandro looking up at us and correct me if I'm wrong, he's painted black. Yep. Fin de la película. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> so, like, we're meant to believe that he charmed his way into a high position yeah. into this fucking tribe? Bro. Sure. How okay. about we get into some trivia, yeah? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> trivia. Okay. Uh, this is just some stuff that was on the IMDb trivia page. When Eli Roth and his crew approached villagers to be extras in the film, he soon realized that they had never seen a movie before and had no concept of what one was. To demonstrate what a movie was, Eli brought a TV and a copy of Cannibal Holocaust. This is the first movie these people have seen, okay? And Fuck. had a screening for what? everyone. The villagers loved it and thought it was a comedy. They gladly acted in the film. I'm guaranteeing not everybody there thought of that as a comedy. I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and agree with you. Okay. Wow. Eli Roth disclosed that the tribe offered a two-year-old child to the production designer as a thank you for including them in the film. The production designer politely declined the offer. I'm so sorry. A child? <laughs> child. Yeah, a oh, two-year-old uh -oh. child. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I just wanted to make sure I heard I correctly. I don't... These two things, I'm like, if that did happen, I don't think you need to tell people that. Yeah, you know, it's just <laughs> like, I don't know the customs. But also, you came into this town and played them cannibal motherfucking Holocaust. As their first movie to see. So, you know, they're, you know, two sides of the same yeah. coin or whatever. The, or that's, the, that's the wrong saying. Uh, but I, you know what There's I mean. There's something also about him telling this story or saying this that feels like disrespectful. Uh, yeah, but also like, <laughs> by the way, these these, these savages offered me yeah. a fucking child. It's like, yeah. How about we not? Yeah, if we don't I, understand. Yeah, the you're perpetuating a, a fucking vision of these people that even though we see later on that he's like, oh, but I'm defending, but it's the tribe, whatever. There's something very back and forth yeah. about it that is it's not confusing cool. i agree yeah. it's confusing totally apparently christian missionaries sang religious songs on their boats as they arrived at the village they weren't aware that the movie was being filmed at the village and became alarmed when they saw the gory props including skeletons and dead bodies impaled on stakes they I... sang louder until they were told about the movie being filmed Tu gloria, tu gloria, glorioso este día. <laughs> Just like I don't know what to do with all these feelings right now. I know it's oh very, God. it's very, it's wow. Wild. I mean, on one hand, like I hate mm -hmm. the fact that these missionaries are coming in, being like, "We're gonna 
we're going to convert. Like, why is this still fucking happening? Yep. Yeah. But also, I find it hilarious that they find the fucking gory ass props. That's oh, my God. Oh, no. Children from the tribe went up to Eli Roth and said that they had an idea for the film. He asked what it was and the kids pulled out a baby boa. They thought it would be funny if it was in the cage with the actresses. Eli loved the idea, so he decided to have the kids dangle the snake in their faces, which we see in the film. Yeah, we do. Yeah. When they went to do it, the kids got really into it, and it appears as if the actresses were being slapped in the face with the snake. (laughs) I mean, that snake is right there. Oh, yeah, and it's a real snake. Yeah, its its little mouth is like, it's no, bro. I'm surprised that one of those actresses didn't actually get snapped. Legit. Puta. One of the few cannibal horror films to not feature any depiction of violence against animals. So that's Thank very you. nice. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yes. Obviously, the film's links to Cannibal Holocaust are numerous, in addition to being one of Eli Roth's favorite horror films and one that inspired his directing career. The Green Inferno was actually the working title that Ruggero Deodato used when he was making the movie. It was changed to something more bluntly descriptive and shocking, particularly with the use of the word Holocaust. So there you go. Mm -hmm. This is the third and final film of Eli Roth's trilogy entitled Travel and Punishment of unrelated horror films, beginning with Cabin Fever, which is his 2002 directorial debut, continuing with Hostel 1 and 2, counted like Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill as one full-length feature, and concluding with The Green Inferno from 2013. I did not know that. The Hmm. film was criticized by Survival International, which campaigns for indigenous peoples and indigenous peoples living in voluntary isolation as reinforcing colonialism and respectively neo-colonialism, as well as their stigmas against indigenous peoples being portrayed as savages. When asked in an interview about the film being accused of perpetuating a stereotype, Eli Ross said, what's interesting is the con- is the controversy. <laughs> controversy. What's interesting is the controversy comes from people who haven't seen the film. The Amazon rights groups that saw the film loved it and partnered with us to do a fundraiser for the rainforest. Okay. So, according to the Wikipedia of the movie, it says production began in autumn of 2012 in Peru and Chile. Chile, sorry. In October 2012, it was announced that filming was set to begin in November in Peru. On October 25th, Roth announced the full cast of the film. And principal photography began in October of 2012 in New York City. And then shooting in Peru and some locations in Chile began on November 5th, 2012. So it's a pretty short production time if it was released in 2013. On September 7th, 2013, it was announced that a sequel would be produced titled Beyond the Green Inferno and directed by Nicolas Lopez, who is actually the guy that played Daniel in the film. As of May 2016, there have been no further (laughs) updates other than articles referring to the original 2013 announcement. So... Okay. I think that may be out of the... But it did seem as though they were going to, like, 
oh, what is Alejandro doing now attached to this tribe kind of vibe? Sure. Let's talk a little bit about Guillermo Amuelo, who is the co-writer of this film. Guillermo Amuelo Schultz, born March 2nd, 1983, I believe, Aries, um, in Montevideo, is a Uruguayan director and screenwriter working in Santiago, Chile since 2007. Amuelo is the co-writer with Nicolás López of the film Que Pena Tu Vida, Que Pena Tu Boda, Que Pena Tu Familia. <laughs> I think these are all, this is like yeah. a trilogy. Mis Peores Amigos and with Eli Roth of the films Aftershock, The Green Inferno, and Knock Knock. He has also written and directed the TV films La Leyenda del El Crack and the feature films Retorno and The Stranger. Amuelo received a Bachelor of Communication at the University of Montevideo and later graduated as a Master in Screenwriting at the Universidad de los Andes, where he now teaches practice writing classes. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I'm, I believe that most of the cast, including Eli Roth, met and worked together in the film Aftershock. Um which is why most of it of the cast is now in Green Inferno. So I finished my trivia with this businessinsider.com article titled Eli Roth faces off with tribal rights campaigners over cannibal film. And it says here, depicting uncontacted tribes as cannibals, however, poses a real world risk. It is very dangerous, says... Rebecca Spooner, who is the uh, Peru campaign director for Survival International, which I brought up earlier. It's very dangerous, she says, noting that such depictions have often been used as an excuse to wipe them out. She points out that tales of native cannibals, frenzied bone-through-the-nose savages, boiling missionaries in a giant kettle have been popular for hundreds of years now. These stories have created a racist view of uncontacted and isolated groups, she says, pointing out that such portrayals only make it easier for corporate interests and governments to push through harmful policies unchecked by public opinion. Roth calls this idea absurd. In a statement to Business Insider, quoted in full below, he adds, The fear that somehow a movie would give them ammunition to destroy a tribe all sounds like misdirected anger and frustration that the corporations are the ones controlling the fates of these uncontacted tribes. The film's real target, he says, is slacktivism. And the cannibalism in the film is a metaphor for how people are shamelessly consumed by their vanity and their need for validation on social media. As for Survival International's goals of saving uncontacted tribes, he writes, You're doing something that all of us believe in and many of us secretly wish we were a part of. I applaud you. So the last thing I'll say about also this... um this article on Business Insider was a continuation of Eli Roth's quote is, my small contribution to Peru was to put roofs on every hut in the village where we filmed, something the villagers had wanted their whole lives, and we gave them nearly a year's pay for three weeks of work. The people who seem to publicly care how these people are portrayed are people who want to be portrayed as caring people. 
If you don't like my film, that's fine. But everything in the film is based on real research of how natives live, dress, paint themselves, defend themselves, and the rituals reserved for intruders they see as enemies. You don't have to like it, and the story is fictitious, but all the rituals came from my research on tribes around the world and how they treat intruders. But if you're really nervous about a movie fueling fire for people attacking villagers and taking their resources, then don't see the movie. If everyone stopped their ideas because they were worried about offending people or sparking discussion, then there would be no stories to tell. In short, take your cause seriously, but take my film for what it is, a movie. Which, you know, classic director vibes of like, this is just a movie, but like, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff there. I can appreciate him being like, what you're doing is great, people that are defending the indigenous people, but also, you know, again, what a back and forth of emotions to have from this fucking movie. And that's the end of my trivia. I love your trivia. And I got to say, like, I hear and agree with a lot of what he has to say there. But we also got to remember, like, Eli Roth is a fucking gory horror director (laughs) who just wanted to make a gory ass horror film. Yeah. I see the message he's trying to get across in this film. I highly appreciate that he's like calling out slacktivism. Love that. Mm -hmm. Very relevant. I mean, we'll get into our rating later, but I'm like not sure it was quite clarified or nailed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It could have been a little bit smoothed out in that script. Yeah. But anyways. Anyway. This is my trivia for today. Loved your trivia. Um, Let's talk about Ariel Levy. So, Ariel Levy Dor, this uh, this is from Wikipedia, by the way, was born September 28th, 1984. He is a Libra, I believe, September 28th. Correct. So this dude played Alejandro. He is a Chilean actor and a professional wrestler. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) In parallel to his career as an actor, Ariel started in 2015 a career as a professional wrestler in his native Chile, becoming one of the main faces of CNL Chile, one of the biggest wrestling promotions in the country, and even becoming the CNL national champion. Wow, way to go. Yeah, in 2018, Levy announced that he was chosen for the first WWE South American tryout to be held in Santiago, Chile. So very, very cool. I found his website. This man. Okay, so first of all, I didn't mention he's very very nice to look look at. And I was like, damn, look at those arms. So it makes sense that he's like this big old wrestler. He's more like burly, a little bit furrier on the face now, which is lovely. Love it. He also has an OnlyFans, everybody. So if you want to go oh! check it out, you can go check it out. I did okay. not, you know, but if you want to, you know, throw down some money, he's got a fucking OnlyFans. Give it the is out man there. some money. Pay him. Yeah. Listen, we got to pay our bills. I'm very curious, but I was like, you know what? We're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> but his OnlyFans is out there, everybody. Wow. Go check okay. it out today. All right. So nice job. <laughs> go Adian. check it out today. Go check out his OnlyFans today. So thank you for your service, Ariel. Okay, now let's talk about Lorenza Iso. This is from Wikipedia. Lorenza Francesca Iso Parsons, born in Santiago, Chile, September 19th of 1989. So she is a Virgo, Mm -hmm. right? 
She is a Chilean actress and model. She has appeared in films including Aftershock, The Green Inferno, Knock Knock, and Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Was she one of the gals? I still haven't seen that movie. I, I I saw it. I mean, it was in 2019 when I saw it. I'm assuming she's one of the the Manson gals. That's, I what, I, that's what I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In 2007, Iso was modeling and studying journalism at the Universidad de los Andes, just like uh, Nicolás. Yeah, I think that's probably where yeah. they all, since yeah. they were all in that same. Yeah, there's like a group. All these movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she moved in, tw- in 2007. She moved to New York City to study acting at the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute. Excuse me. Oh, hello. In 2015, Iso st- starred alongside Keanu Reeves and Ana de Armas in Knock Knock, her second horror film directed by Eli Roth, filmed in Santiago's Chicureo neighborhood. So we should definitely check that out. Ana de Armas también. Ana de Armas and fucking Keanu Reeves. What? What movie is this? I've never heard of this. I've heard of it because, you know, because of Eli Roth, but I have not seen it. But uh, it's out there and we should definitely check it out. On November 8th, 2014, Iso married American actor and director Eli Roth. On the beach. Okay. Uh On the beach of Sapayar, Chile. I believe it's pronounced Sapayar. She attributes this. I was like, what? Okay. She attributes the start of their relationship to, quote unquote, the randomness of the world. Shut (laughs) up. The randomness of the yeah, world. Yeah, the randomness of probably getting drunk and making out after Aftershock or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Be like, you're cute. All right, let's make this happen. <laughs> Unfortunately, in July 2018, the couple filed for divorce and, st- and settled their divorce in August of 2019. Iso publicly came out as pansexual in an online interview with actress Emily Hampshire. <laughs> Hampshire. <laughs> Uh, for the 2020 Pride Month. Um, you can find that Shit's interview. Creek. Yeah, fucking Stevie from Shit's Creek. Yeah. You can find this interview on YouTube if you're interested. Go check it out. So just a little, I wanted to add a little bit more about, you know, where this movie was filmed. So I found behind the lens online.com. There was no author. Apologies, but there was none. So it says here, the real casting coups are the actual members of the Peruvian tribe found by Roth while location scouting. Although the children in the tribe do attend school up the river and are familiar with the modern world to a degree, the Kayanayaku tribe and village itself has no electricity, no running water, no modern conveniences. So this is an actual town. Tribe. Yeah. This is a tribe. Yeah, the Kayanayaku. Their only contact with outsiders is an occasional supply boat that supplements their farming community. Yet somehow Roth managed to convince them to participate in the film, which you mentioned, adding untold levels of authenticity and interest overall. And apparently, like, the tribal members even aided in, like, making props and set dressing, which is cool. Fun. You do see this in this movie that I didn't mention. Like, you do see the, the, the people of the town, like, putting together... What seems like, like uh, mats, furniture, like mats, things like that, sticks like, and stuff. Yeah, yeah you can which see I was them like, working. Yeah, it seems to be like actually what they're doing in their town. I could yeah. be wrong, of course, but that could be. Okay, so my last bit of trivia. I mean, it's kind of random, but I don't fucking care. Let's shed some light on that song that we heard. Okay. 
um, when they were like traveling uh, into that Peru. village on their like on their little uh, moto rickshaws. So in the credits, I stuck around, and there is a song incorrectly titled "Corre" by the group Sonido 2000 Tarapoto. So I looked it up. And the group is actually, I'm pretty sure, just called Sonido 2000. And the song is called Corre Corazon. Uh -huh. um, I found them and even this song on Spotify. And like I said before, it is a jam. Love I it. love it. It's a cumbia jam. The uh. lead singer, who I believe her name is Cheryl Trigoso. She's Katie. singing. She's love singing. It. I also found the music video on YouTube. Just look up Corre Corazón by Sonido 2000. You'll find it. You should definitely check it out. And I found our Instagram at Sonido 2000 de Tarapoto. Look them up. And so I found this article from larepublica.pe. And it says, ¿Qué pasará con Sonido 2000 tras la muerte de Tulio Trigoso y Tulín Trigoso? This is from August 12th of this year. After two years, the article says, after the death, uh, the death of Tulio Trigoso and his son Tulin Trigoso, the founder and guitarist of Sonido 2000, respectively, the orchestra announced its return to the stage for this Sunday, April 10th, in Tarapoto, the city where the Peruvian group was born in 1975. Whoa! Although they will not be complete, Sonido 2000 seeks to return to the stage in a big way. In this long-awaited concert, a well-deserved tribute will be made to Tulio, to Tulio and Tulin Trigoso, who departed for eternity after becoming victims of COVID-19. No! Yeah. So I found another article, same news source. Uh, this was from a little bit later, June 24th, 2022. And it says here, Sonido 2000 returns to the big stages of Lima after the death of Tulin and Tulio. Given these two losses of the Amazonian cumbia, the absence of Cheryl Trigoso was added due to her work as a congresswoman. Now the group is in the hands of Tia Mary, the widow of the group's creator and her sons, Clint E. Alvin, who, has, who have been part of it since 2015. Clint and Alvin. <laughs> <laughs> Alvin Trigoso says he's very excited because it is the first time he will perform on a big stage in the capital. He says they re-recruited almost all the musicians who have been with them for years. And he says we are still the same, which I thought was lovely. And by the way, I looked them up on Instagram and I'm pretty sure Cheryl still sings with them from time to time. And again, Come on, Cheryl. just belting. <laughs> La Cheryl. Oh my God, I love this song. Corre, corre. That's not what it sounds like. It's fucking good, everybody. Check it out online. Anyway, that's my trivia for Amazing. today. Amazing. How about I ask you some questions? Great, let's go. Jonathan, were you scared? No, I was not Me scared. Neither. What about you? No. No, no, no. What was your best scare? I'm going to say the protest at the bulldozing site. That's what freaked me out the most. First of all, awful. Please don't fucking do this to this beautiful Amazon. But I was just like, I'm so stressed for everybody here right now. So right. that's what's going to take it for me. What about you? The airplane scene. Just like oh, sure. them tumbling through the air. Wee, wee, yeah. wee. <laughs> Who was your favorite character? I have two. I give it to the matriarch, which, um, by the way, this character was played by Antonieta Pari. You can find her at Instagram at Pari Antonieta. Check her out. She's a Peruvian actress. And also I gave it to Daniel. I thought that he was like the most likable of the group. Yeah. So the matriarch and Daniel. What about you? 
I gave it to the flute kid. Oh, totally. Flute kid. Absolutely. Come on. Flute kid. Flute kid. Very sweet. And uh, thanks for saving us. Um, What was your best line? It's actually a Sky Ferreira line where I didn't include this scene because it didn't matter. But when Justine tells her, like, hey, I'm going to go to the fucking Peruvian Amazon and do this thing, Sky Ferreira says to her, they're going to shoot you and bury the bodies. And I was like, (laughs) they just might. Might. They really might do that. They yeah, just might. So that's going to take it. What about you? I can smell my friend being cooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, oh, boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your best death? It's got to be Jonah. You know. Same. That, it's got to be Jonah. Holy yeah. shit. There's no other way. There's, there's no, no fucking way. other way. That's it. Did you learn anything from the culture? No. I don't no, think I don't think so. so. At least nothing that is felt concrete and being like, well, well, this tribe doesn't exist, so we can't. It can't. Yeah, it's can't. not a real tribe. Yeah. I mean, I saw lots of lovely parts of Peru and Chile, I guess, but uh, no, I didn't really. Nothing that I hadn't seen before. Like I'd seen those True. little like moto rickshaws, you know. Yeah. I'd seen. I, yeah, there, we like, definitely know about deforestation and all that shit. So yeah, yeah. So I was like, no, I didn't. I don't think I learned anything about the culture. Agreed, same. And finally, out of five ooys, how many ooys do you give this movie? I'm going to give it two. This is hard for me to rate. Um, Agreed. I I was, I remember like back in the day I was scared to watch this movie because I was like, oh my God, it's going to be so horrible. And then I watched it and I was like, it's not as gore it's fucking gory and bloody as hell but i it's like not as gory and bloody as i expected it to be stop i mean we have the jonah section which is particularly brutal and then everything else you're like okay sure yeah it wasn't like it's not (sighs) what's most horrifying is like the deforestation the fucking gas companies coming in and trying to like you know plunder this land murder these people uh, what's horrifying is the the depiction of the fucking people who live yeah. here. Uh, like this is, look, I hear where Eli Roth is coming from, where he's like, people, if if you have a problem with this, you know, you're not seeing the point of the film. But I'm still like, I hear you, dude. I see what you were going for, like what the message you were going for. Still doesn't help that you depict yeah. people in this way. It feels really, really offensive. You know what I mean? Uh, so I enjoyed, you know, some fun gore stuff. Felt weird about it at the same time. It's not a great movie. I'm going to give it two ooze. What about you? Same. I think uh, the script feels a little like, hey, here's some jokes. And then everything you just said as well. Fucking Sky Ferreira's performance isn't great. Uh, the gore is good when you see it. Those skeletons and stakes and all that shit. That's like, it look that's great. Um, it's just very convoluted feelings about it all, which takes away from the experience of watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm too busy paying attention to how I feel about this. That I can't sit and be like, oh, yeah, you know, entertained. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I appreciate, like, people trying to do this with their horror movies. Like, give us a message. I love this. Sure. I just, uh, 
I don't know. It just didn't it didn't quite work. I'm going to go ahead and say that I think this I think a cannibalistic tribe can be portrayed on film. But I think the other side of it needs to be Again, you need to solidify something really well. Show us the rules of not only the tribe, but the outside of the tribe. And, like, how do they contradict each other and all that stuff. I think it's possible. This isn't me saying, like, don't show indigenous people on screen. This has happened in the past. There were cannibalistic people. There is all kinds of different ways that people lived up until this day. So, like, it's doable. You need to just really really know your stuff and i yeah, think yeah if you're going to go there yeah you got to yeah. know your stuff you can mm-hmm. say that you did research but you can't just throw everything together and be like here's a fucking villain for you but is it a villain and all that stuff and like it's possible and i don't think this got there yeah i will say i thought i was going to hate this i so really did, I. did. didn't I, hate it and i agree I didn't hate same it. Yeah. same yeah well gang I, uh, <laughs> great, great job, Johnny. But listen, uh, I, uh, there's a canoe waiting for me to take me down the Amazon and I can't miss that ride. So oh I'm going thank- with you. Let's go. <laughs> Let's hop on in. And thank you everybody for being here with us. We appreciate every single one of you. Please remember to subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen in cualquier plataforma. Uh, please remember to follow us on our redes sociales. You can find us at Uikerror on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email at uikerror at gmail.com. Find every single one of the movies we cover on our link tree, which is linktr.ee slash uikerror. Thank you to Sonoro for being the Amazon basin that keeps our tribe hidden. You can follow them at Sonoro Podcast on Twitter and Instagram as well. And Johnny... If I were to be a cannibal, I wouldn't eat you. <laughs> I would only take your ribs and pierce my <laughs> nose with them. <laughs> I was like, where is she going with this? You want to eat me? I you can eat me. Go it. ahead. It's fine. Go right ahead. <laughs> Thanks. You know what? I, sweet baby, you're so thin and lean <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. sinewy. I think it's going to be the other way around. You can munch on my nalgas any old day. <laughs> I fucking love ya. Fucking love you too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adiós. Adiós.